Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today's episode is about the key to unlocking your child's potential. Join me in offering a warm welcome to discuss this with my special guest, Dr. Ali Lankarani. Thank you, Sue, for that warm welcome. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Super excited to be able to share my message today. Well, let's, uh, let me introduce a little bit about you so they know where you're coming from. Uh, Dr. L, as he's well known, is the parent whisperer. He is also a clinical neuroscientist with a background in chiropractic medicine and training in Chinese medicine and acupuncture. He is internationally published and a best-selling author, was twice voted as one of America's top doctors, hosts the TV channel Role Model Maker, and ran an award-winning private practice helping kids with the autism and autism spectrum disorder. His mission is to promote brain-based healthcare options to support the safety, health, education, and productivity of new parents and their children to foster their optimum potential and their quest for personal fulfillment. He currently runs an online course that supports parents and their children. And he is the father of two amazing kids. I don't know how you do it all, but <laughs> let's dive in and talk about some of, some of your work and some of the things that you help parents with. Uh, thank you. Uh, I definitely appreciate it. And yes, uh, please, for all of you, Ali Lankarani is my real name nowadays with COVID and being online constantly. I hardly ever introduce myself. And sometimes I forget that people don't know my actual name, but you can call me Dr. L. It's a lot easier. <laughs> but uh, for, for practical purposes, uh, basically what happens is I ended up studying how the brain develops. And in the process, I wanted to share with you guys that th there was some personal interest in that as well, because I actually have ADHD myself. I grew up with ADHD long before there was a diagnosis for ADHD. And um, I was not an easy child. So on behalf of all the ADHD kids out there, I apologize to parents and teachers and all those people who basically had to deal with likes of me who would basically go to class, learn what the teacher was about to say or trying to say in the first 10 minutes and would disrupt the class for the remaining 15 minutes. Um, and oftentimes these kind of situations or circumstances makes people think that there is a lack of interest on the child's part. And also uh, a lot of times when kids were coming to my practice, I would hear them uh, come in and I would see that the parents were saying that, yeah, the counselor sent, it, sent him and said that, you know what, he has behavioral issues or he has academic issues. And the parents were, you know, their relationship was strained, their finances were strained, strained trying to uh, find treatments for the multitude of symptoms that usually follow these kind of conditions. And the kids, and this is the part that I did not want the kids to go through, 
was the fact that they had internalized the problem. They would see that somehow the world around them was different than them, and they would think that there is something wrong with them, and they would internalize that. And that's something that I did not want the kids to go through. Uh, and that's basically where my presence in the online world began, basically. Uh, and I decided to step into a more preventative approach of trying to help parents, help the kids, make sure that they don't have these kind of situations in the first place. Thank you so much for sharing that, because I think we bring so much hope to the table when we share our personal stories that can relate to so many people or speak to so many people. And certainly, I'm sure what you've just shared resonates with many of our listeners. So one of the things in, in my work and what I see is that every child basically opens up their gifts, you know, or their, their box of gifts at different times. And every child being a, a unique learner, a unique individual here on this earth has so many things to bring to the table, whether they have a labeled diagnosis or not. And so, you know, with labels, one of the things that, that I work with parents on is how can we utilize a quote unquote label that helps us to understand and create conditions for that particular child to thrive in a way that serves that child and not pigeonhole or use the label as a way to uh, define the child because labels don't define, correct? Exactly. And the reality of it is that everybody has gifts. And one of the things, and we're going to talk about this in more detail, is when it comes to optimizing the kid's potential, a lot of times parents inadvertently get in the way of progress of their kids. Uh, because, you know, there, there is really no parenting manual, right? So we're, we're basically exposed to certain parenting techniques. And along the way, we decide, you know, I'm never going to be like that, or that's who I want to be like when I grow up. And basically, we piecemeal this thing together. And then the kids arrive and our habits and our what we are exposed to basically kicks in and we catch ourselves and surprise ourselves when we actually turn into our parents or when we actually do things and don't get those results. So when it comes to labels, it's the same thing, uh, that you have to make sure that you actually understand and can work with your child's development so that you can cater to it accordingly. And when, when there's different labels, it just means that that development is on different planes and you kind of need to work with that and understand and have compassion for it. Beautiful. I, I love how you shared that. And I think it's optimizing the kid's potential, the child's potential is a key element because no matter what their potential is, we want to help them to find that highest level. So exactly. what are some ways that you can share with our listeners to help our children see their potential as we ourselves, their parents, are also seeing it? Because I think it's twofold, isn't it? It's for the child to understand whether they have ADHD or some other diagnosis or no specific diagnosis, to understand what the potential is and to be able to step into their uh, growing self-esteem and believe in themselves. But that also takes an adult in their life to also see the potential and believe. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you, what you see in terms of how that shows up in, in the world? Sure, Sue. That's a great question. So 
and they have a multitude of different programs. As I mentioned, I have ADHD, so I couldn't just focus on one program to create. <laughs> so I've created a multiple number of programs. But the ultimate fundamental thing that I always come back to is that if you understand how the body works, then you can work with the body. If you can support the body, then the body can support you. And the same process happens whether you're, you're an adult, whether you do have ADHD or you don't have ADHD or you're just starting out life as a baby. So I always start with this. And of course, I'm biased because of my brain training. Uh, but when I was in clinic, before I could ask the child's brain to do something that it had never done before, before I could try to rewire their brain, what I actually had to do is make sure that that brain will support it. And the understanding of this is that we are the only species on this planet that are, when we are born, we are not fully developed yet. Our brains, in order to be able to clear the birth canal, has not fully developed. There's entire parts of it that really haven't come to be as they're supposed to be. They don't exist. And it takes a number of years for that to happen. So all those functions that those parts actually do they don't exist. Now, we as grown-ups look at children and we follow logic and all these different things that exist in those parts of our brain, but the child doesn't even have those parts yet. So it is very important for us to understand this, that prior to, for instance, age of six, children do not have the will to curb their impulses because those parts of the cognitive and executive functions don't fully develop until you're about five, six years of age. So that's one of those areas. The other thing is that because our brains are not fully developed, once we are out in the world and now the cranium and the skull has room to grow and the brain has room to grow, what we are exposed to from the signals from the environment to the food we eat all of those things determines the rate and the, pro the process of the development of the brain. So if those things get altered at any given point, what ends up having is that that brain development gets altered as well. Now, why do we focus so much on this, those early years? The, focus, the reason is that our brains, if you think about it, is not really connected to the rest of the world, right? It's inside this vault called our skull, and it gets all of its signals through these chemical and electrical signals that come in. And then somehow it has to take all of these signals and then convert them into this reality inside of itself. It's a reality emulator, the brain. Does that make sense? Totally. Uh, so, That's so a lot. That's already making me a little sad for these young beings that, that are getting all these signals and can't really process them. Exactly. So that's my point, that when, when your brain is getting signals, if it happens to catch the wrong signals, or it cannot coordinate that these two signals happen at the same time, or that one happened after the other, so you don't understand causality, then you don't make the connections. And in the brain, those connections never form between the actual brain parts. So what ends up happening is this kid that not only within its own brain is disconnected, but it also is disconnected partially from the realities of the actual universe around them. So what happens is that when you get these signals, your brain processes them and then determines a course of action based on the processing and the timing of the signals and the coordination, and then spits out a response. 
just like a computer. The trouble is that if those signals never got there or if they got there at the wrong time and they're not linked together, then your response is not going to be appropriate when it comes back out. So when you see a kid that is impulsive and they see a cake and they can't hold themselves and they go ahead and stick their finger in there and eat it, well, we all know that is not an appropriate behavior. But when you actually put yourself inside of that child's mind, to them, that was the perfectly logical, appropriate behavior. And when they see the people around them get upset, they don't understand why. Because they did their best. They did what they thought was right. And now people are telling them that what you did was not proper. So a lot of times what you happen to see in these kind of situations is a certain level of anxiety or the fact that, you know, whatever you do happens to never be right. So you reflect back on it and you think you're never good enough and there's depression and shame associated with it. So these kind of things kind of evolve with the person as they grow older. And then they basically there is this underlying theme that is in their life that is going to ultimately impact the way they end up making decisions in life because they're too anxious or depressed or feel like they're not good enough or they're going to screw up. Well, we don't want any of our children in this world to have that theme, to have those conditions where they feel as if everything they do is wrong and that, you know, they bring shame to themselves and they are shamed by the adults in their life. So let's talk a little bit about how we can avoid or create a different understanding of our children. And I think one of the things that you said that is so powerful that we can do as parents all through our children's years and even as they're young adults, and I do this every day with my young adult children, is place yourself in your child's shoes, in your child's position. Try to understand what it might be like if you're very sensitive, or if you have ADHD, or if you, whatever it is, that is part of who your child is, or some of the gifts that they have. Because even ADHD, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong here, there's so many gifts to that. Um, I follow Dr. Holloway, who says, you know, that can be a huge gift. And he has seen it in his life that way. And so how can we be more understanding and more compassionate of our children and try to shift this cycle or these conditions that have maybe appeared in our lives as our own conditioning and then continue in our children. Right. Uh, so our motto at Role Model Maker is support, inspire, and empower. And I believe that parents as superheroes in their kids' eyes, because reality is that when you think about the role of parents and their kids, kids, think about what superheroes are, first of all. Superheroes are these people who have these incredible powers. They always stand for justice and getting a fair chance, and they also have the odds always stacked up against them, right? And they have these real doubts that you get to see. And they tend to have mentors, right? So when you think about parents, they are the first superheroes. They're the first educators and the first superheroes to their children. They have these amazing powers that the kids fully haven't gotten. They can, the parents can go ahead and explain how the world functions in ways that the children are just bewildered by. Uh, and they have this undying uh, drive to make sure that their children get a fair chance at life. 
And of course, all parents are always overwhelmed. The, stack, the odds are stacked against them with responsibilities and time commitments and all these different things that exist in their life. And they have to take all of that in and somehow still be able to raise a happy and healthy child that leads a full life, right? So our motto is support, inspire, and empower. So we support them by making sure that they're healthy, that they have all the fundamental and essential needs that their brain needs to develop. So we'll talk about that in just a second. Then we inspire them. We inspire them by leading by example, showing them what a happy, healthy, and full life looks like. A lot of times when we become parents, we automatically go into this survival mode that, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna do whatever I can so my kids can thrive. But in the process, what we are teaching our kids is how to survive, or at best, how to survive really well. And I don't think then the kids will really get to see it in action, what thriving really looks like. So the best place for parents to start is actually see what a happy, healthy, and full life looks like to themselves, mm -hmm. and try to show that. And when the kids see that, remember the reality emulator, they're like, ah, so that's what's normal. That's how I'm supposed to show up in the world. They get inspired by that, and then they emulate it. They repeat it in their own lives. So that's the inspire part. And then the empower, and that's the part where now, as you mentioned, the child with ADHD or anybody has their gifts. Every person is unique. They have unique missions in life, and they are gonna, our goal is to empower them, to give them all the tools that they need so that they can go ahead and rest assured that they are the only ones capable of achieving that mission. They should go for it and empower them to do so. So I think I answered your question. You, you sure did. You sure did. And I think um, I'd, I'd love for you to just touch a little bit more on the support aspect of you know, the healthy brain and how we can encourage that. And I think I'd love to just share and piggyback what you said about inspiring. Um, I think back in the day, I hate to use that term, but back in the day when I was a child, parents always said, or at least mine did, do what I say, not what I do. And mm. we are in a world where our children are watching us. They're not watching what we say necessarily, as many parents would pour in, but they're watching what we do. And so you are your great, the greatest teacher for your own child by showing your child, as you beautifully said, you know, what a happy, healthy life looks like what taking good care of yourself is all about, self-care and many other things, how to bring compassion home, how to really believe in yourself or move through challenges and problems in a way that serves you and makes you feel like you can move forward. So these are all important things in modeling every step of the way what life looks like. Absolutely. And, and the reality of it is that, you know, a lot of times we want to be healthy, we want to be successful, all those things that we want to show up as our best selves, but we don't have an existing model that we can go ahead and follow. And that becomes really difficult because then you start doubting yourself that is it even possible? And this is the best gift you can give your kids to show it in action, to show them that it is possible. It is possible to be happy personally, internally, externally with your spouse in a relationship. It is a joy to have kids. It is a joy to go and contribute to society with your profession and your mission. So if you can put all of these together um, and, 
and bring that to them, that is something that is going to be truly inspiring, not only for the kids, but actually those around you as well. They will get inspired by it too. So lead by example. Now, on the question of support, Sue, mm-hmm. um, I'll go back to my clinic days, basically. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned to you guys before, I would ask the brain to be able to do something. And this goes for anybody. You want to make sure that your brain is supported. Make sure that the child's brain is supported. Because without that support, as you ask your body to do something, it's going to fall short of the goals. It's not going to be able to deliver. Or worse, it's going to have to compromise. And the compromise becomes a lifelong of developing bad habits. Um, So all of these things ultimately end up hindering and stunting how a person shows up in life. So when it comes to how you show up in life, you want to, first of all, be able to be in control of your life, correct? And to be in control of your life, the easiest part, although it's not, doesn't seem that easy, the easiest part is actually being in control of your own body, the, part, the one that you have the most control over. And then working backwards, when it comes to controlling your body, it makes, it, it makes sense that the organ that is responsible for controlling the functions of your body, your brain, becomes pretty important. So understanding how your brain functions, how to control it, and how to go ahead and support it becomes paramount as far as how you show up in life and how you can actually ultimately optimize humanity's potential. So going back to, the, to ourselves and our brains, in order to support our brains, we need these three fundamental factors. At the foundation, the core of it, is that we need the essential building blocks and the energy material, the raw stuff that our brain needs so that it can build itself, it can operate, and not be shorthanded. All right? So that is nutrition. You can't bypass that. Water and nutrition is the foundational piece to this. And your brain and your gut work hand in hand. In fact, your gut actually has a separate nervous system called your enteric nervous system that manages its operations and functions and it sends feedback and connections to your brain and they're intricately involved with one another. So 70% of the neurotransmitters that are in your body actually happen to be in your gut. So if those neurotransmitters are off, guess what? It's going to show itself in your brain as well. And for the audience, neurotransmitters are basically these chemicals that transfer signals between nerve cells and allow you to be able to actually connect your nerve cells and send signals to your body. Um, So when you end up altering that, then different signals or no signal gets sent in the first place. So it becomes very important. So foundational piece happens to be nutrition and water, making sure that it is there to support the brain. The second piece, and I know I'm kind of skimming over it and there's a lot more detail to this, but just understand that if you want to start in your life and show up as the best self, the place to start is with nutrition. Now, the next foundational piece is rest and oxygenation, making sure that you get adequate amount of rest via sleep, via quiet time, via meditations, via relaxation, and things that put your body back into healing mode so that it can repair and recover and recuperate from the day's stresses and challenges and everything else. Also, during rest is when you actually go ahead and take a lot of the fuel that you put into your body and start stocking up your system 
so that it will be ready for the next day. Uh, so all of these things become very important. And then oxygen, of course, is the fuel by which you burn that fuel. So think of a jet plane. A jet plane is useless in outer space because there is no oxygen to burn its fuel. No matter how fast it can travel, the engines won't even turn on. So a lot of times in practice, I would see an, an upcoming uh, cold or a congestion because the child would be like getting adequate rest, getting enough uh, proper nutrients, but somehow the oxygen was off and the behavior or what we were trying to ask of the body was off. So usually within the day or two, we would see that, yes, it had something to do with uh, basically them not getting adequate amount of oxygen. There's many different causes for why uh, you would not get it. But of course, the number one thing is making sure that you breathe properly, making sure that the air quality is good. These are the starting points for it. Um, so oxygenation becomes very important as well. And then the last part, if you have the nutrition, the f which is the fuel, the oxygen, which burns the fuel and the rest, uh, when you have these things that are supporting your brain, the last part is neural stimulation, proper neural stimulation. By stimulation, I do not mean sugar. I do not mean caffeine. <laughs> I do not mean video games. What I'm trying to talk about is actually movement because the biggest signal that your brain gets is from gravity and your joints and your muscles and the receptors on your skin and all the stuff that's going on inside of your body coming up through your spinal cord. And that drives into your brainstem and your deeper brain centers in your midbrain. And that is the area that is the metronome and the timekeeper for coordinating your brain activities. So, why do I say this is so important? Because if that metronome is off, if the maestro is not there, then the thoughts come in and they're not related to each other. You can't focus on your thoughts and make them cohesive. You can't focus on things. You can't prioritize. You can't make decisions. You can become clumsy when it comes to movement. It's not just coordination of thought. It's also coordination of movement. It also means coordination of your digestive system, which hormones and which enzymes get to secrete, which sphincters open, which ones close. And all of these things become part of this machinery that's your body. And if the metronome is off, all of these are going to be off. Mm -hmm. You're not going to make sense of cause and effect. Your behavior could be off. Your academics could be off because those require focus. And focus means you have to inhibit and coordinate that when you are trying to, let's say, read a textbook, there's no reason for your legs and your hands to move and you need to be able to override them and turn them off. Uh, so all of these things come through that. And what stimulates it? Neurostimulation. And when you don't get the stimulation, this is the other part. The, the neurons become not only discoordinated, but also they do not make strong connections to one another. And as that happens, they're much more likely to falter. They're much more likely to show reactions to stress and to stimuli that come from outside, which is not always in your best interest. And we know that we all get those all day long. So you need to be resilient. And that resilience comes from those connections being strong. So to support the brain, you need to have proper nutrition, proper rest, proper breathing and oxygenation, and proper neural stimulation via movement, whole body movement, um, you know, coordinating different parts and different senses together. 
Wow, that's that's beautiful. And I love how you shared it in such simplistic terms, because I think this is something for us all to digest as we raise these beautiful children in understanding how to support them, to inspire them, and to empower them. And those, as you know, you said, are part of your mantra for your organization, I think are things that every parent could take in as part of their daily practices in looking and living with their looking at their children and living with their children each and every day to do their very best in this world. Exactly. Well, we, we could talk for days, I'm sure, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> L, and uh, really dive into this more. And perhaps we will down the road uh, for our listeners get into more depth in another episode. Can you tell everyone that's tuned in today where they can learn more about you and your programs and you know if they're seeking out help in all the areas that you talked about where you are for them absolutely uh, i truly internally i've always believed that health education should be like everybody's right that we should know how our brain how our bodies work because it's the foundational piece for what we want to achieve in life if you can't support your body, your body can support you in achieving whatever task and goal you want to have in life. So I have a couple of Facebook groups. One is called Food and Fitness 101. And the other one is called Partnership and Parenting 101. The Food and Fitness 101 is more on personal development and health. And Partnership and Parenting 101 is more on communication and creating a functional family unit. Uh, and I would invite our audience to join us for free on those Facebook groups. And uh, we share information there, uh, events that are coming up, all of those things are shared there as well. Um, so we would love to give you guys as much support and information as possible. Uh, and we would love to see you guys support, lead, and uh, support, <laughs> inspire, and empower your children by leading by example. Uh, and that's it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here and sharing all the wisdom that you did with us. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. And remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.